So we're reading from Matthew 15, verses 1 to 28. And I'll start at verse 1. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, they are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked him. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. 
I've, uh, I've just got a little bit of washing up to finish, so excuse me if I, uh, if I do that while we go through the sermon today. Uh, maybe you've been in that situation where someone has asked you to clean up after dinner and you left it a little while and all of a sudden they're coming home and you haven't done the washing up and so you need to make it look like you did. So you wash up the things that people can see and uh, you, you leave the inside pretty well filthy. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter what's on the inside if no one can see it, as long as the outside is clean. Uh, maybe, you've, maybe you've made decisions along those lines at some point in your life. Maybe you get up in the morning one day and uh, you're running late to school or work or wherever you've got to go. You've only got a couple of minutes. You've got to get out the door. And so you take care of the things that people can see. You do your hair. You make sure you're dressed and your uniform's looking good and you're got your nice shirt on, but uh, you don't brush your teeth. Because if no one can see what's on the inside, it's fine, as long as the outside looks good. I don't know if life has ever been like that for you. Some people, sometimes, we can think about God like that, I think. If I clean myself up on the outside, that will be good enough for Him. If I clean myself up on the outside, then God will be happy with me. I think that there's lots of us who think like that, maybe all the time, maybe just some of the time, and it can make us feel a few different ways. Maybe it could make you feel superior. You look at others and you realise how much better you are than that guy over there. Or maybe it makes you feel ashamed, trying to look as if you are clean on the outside, but you know what you're really like on the inside. Maybe it makes you feel hopeless. God wouldn't like someone like me and it's impossible for me to change. Maybe you're, you're exhausted, tired from trying to keep the outside constantly clean, trying to stop people from seeing what's really on the inside. Maybe you feel scared, trying to keep the outside clean, doing as much as you can, but you never know if you've done enough to be clean enough for God. There were some people who thought that way about God in the days when Jesus was on earth, and we met them in the Bible reading today. In fact, they talked about the idea of being good enough for God, literally as being clean or unclean. It's people like the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the scribes, the elders, these hyper-religious people who, through their traditions, generation after generation, invented a whole, a whole bunch of traditions and rules which weren't actually part of God's commands. They were kind of outside of that to make sure that you kept God's Word. But you needed to follow all of those extra rules in order to be clean, to make sure that your external behaviour is clean enough for God. And they thought and they taught that if you do these things, the right things in the right way, then God will be happy with you. He will be happier with you than with some other people. Now, one of those rules that these religious people came up with through the generations was that you had to wash your hands before you eat. Now, th there's, a, there's a certain logic to that, right? It's not a terrible idea, because uh, if you don't wash your hands before you eat, you can get COVID, you can get diarrhea, or both, or worse. It's a pretty decent idea here in the 21st century, but for the Pharisees, 
This was not about germs. It was about being what they called ceremonially, religiously unclean. In the Old Testament law, those thousands of years ago, God deemed certain things to be unclean. Certain animals, bodily fluids, diseases, some people, they were unclean. And it wasn't because those meats or those particular substances were inherently bad. It was a picture lesson for Israel. God had rescued Israel out of slavery. He had cleansed them through the water they travelled to get out of Egypt. And he had brought them out of the nations, set them apart to be his. They were not like everyone else. And so every time they ate beef and not pork, every time they had an infected wound and had to quarantine for seven days, they were reminded, God has set us apart. God has cleansed us and made us his. He's washed our hearts clean. Now, the Pharisees were hyper-aware that you couldn't come into God's presence if you had touched things like sick people, bodily fluids, or, or worse, people from outside of Israel. Don't touch those people. And so they invent this rule, just in case you might have accidentally touched a sick person or a, a non-Israelite without even noticing, you wash your hands before you eat so that that uncleanness doesn't go into your body and cut you off from God. But this one day, the Pharisees are watching Jesus. And they notice that Jesus' disciples, his followers, didn't wash their hands before they ate. Now, partly gross, but also their main point is, ah, these guys, Jesus' people, haven't washed their hands. That means that they're not clean enough to be friends with God. And so they look at this practice that Jesus is neglecting to teach his friends, his followers, and they start to think that they must be better than Jesus, closer to God than Jesus, and they look down on him for not upholding these rules. Now, Jesus gets a question from them. They ask him, why do you break the tradition of the elders by not washing your hands? Now, Jesus doesn't answer them straight away because he knows that they are missing something, missing something about how people can be friends with God and what cuts them off from God. It doesn't matter how clean the outside of your body is. It's the inside of us that makes us unclean. And that's what Jesus shows them in verse 3 to verse 9. Look at verse 3 with me. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? And Jesus is saying to them, you're, you're not clean. The very traditions you follow to make you clean are actually meaning that you're breaking God's commands. So Jesus points out in verse 4 that God had said, honour your father and mother. When you're a child, that means you listen to them, you obey them. When you're grown, when you're an adult, it may mean caring for your parents, supporting them. Now, the religious leaders say in verse 5, well, they've, they've made this rule about what they call Corban. Any amount of money that you set aside and pledge to God can't be touched 
for anything else. It's like a trust fund for your own relationship with God. It's like if I set aside a bunch of money for the Danny Mitchell Memorial Pew. And one day, I'm going to buy a pew just for me in church. And, you know, it's a contribution to the church. That's a good thing. And then someone in my family gets sick and they need help. They need financial help for treatment. And I say, oh, no, no, no. I've dedicated this money for the Danny Mitchell Memorial Pew. That's a real gift to the church and to God. Jesus loved, uh, the Pharisees loved stuff like that, rules like that, because it made them look obviously and externally holy. So obvious and external about what they would, what they would corbin their money to that they could have otherwise used to help their struggling parents. So when their parents come and say, they say, help, the Pharisees say, oh, sorry, I'm, I've been too holy this month, I can't help you. They use this external religious performance to cover over the fact that they have no interest in loving God, loving his people, no interest in how clean or unclean their hearts are. As long as their hands are washed and they don't put anything unclean in their mouths, they've cleaned themselves up. And do you know what Jesus says about that? In verse 8, he says, Isaiah talked about you guys. And here's what he said, they honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So Jesus finally answers their question. Why why don't you wash your hands? Why don't you follow this tradition of the elders in verse 10? He says, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not make them unclean, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what makes them unclean. It's not what you eat with your hands or how you wash your hands or how you dress or how polite you are that makes a difference to how we look to God. It's not how clean the outside bowl is. It's what's inside of us. It's what's inside of us that makes a difference to how God sees us. Now, the disciples, bless them, they don't really understand what Jesus is talking about. So Peter says, and I think does us all a bit of a favour, when he says, explain the parable to us, in verse 15. And you can't help but notice Jesus' response. He says, are you dull? In verse 16, are you serious? You don't... Okay, let let me break this down for you. The stuff that you eat whether you wash your hands or not, the the made-up human religious rules that you follow, that's not what causes a problem in our relationship with God. In verse 17, he says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? Having clean or dirty hands when you eat your hamburger is not going to make a difference to how God thinks about you. It might make a difference to how long you spend in the bathroom later on, but it's not going to make you cleaner or dirtier before God. In verse 18, he finishes that thought, and he says, it's not what goes into your mouth, it's the things that come out of a person's mouth, that come from the heart, and that is what makes us unclean. Jesus says, it's the evil things that we think, it's the hurtful things that we say, it's the things that we do when we hurt others, and when we use other people's bodies, when we steal from them, when we lie about them, when we gossip about them. All of those things come from inside of us. That's what's rotten. That is what is unclean. 
You know the saying, I'm, I'm sure you do. If you haven't, then, uh, well, you're welcome. The saying, it's what's on the inside that counts. So we say that about all kinds of things, right? You know, someone can be a bit rough about around the edges, but it's what's on the inside that counts. But Jesus is saying something similar. It's like Jesus is saying, it's what's on the inside that counts us out. The things that we think, say, do, these things come from our heart. These things come from the person you really are. We are all like that. And because we are all like that, it makes us all unclean before God. People like the Pharisees, they think that they can scrub that off by washing their hands, by making up a bunch of religious rules. Jesus is saying, don't you see how crazy that is? You can't clean the inside just by scrubbing the outside. It doesn't work. You can't make yourself clean enough for God with a bunch of external rules. Now, luckily, none of us think like the Pharisees, do we? We wouldn't think like that. I don't think anyone in this room seriously thinks that you can be friends with God just by washing your hands. We wouldn't think like that, would we? Except that we do think like that all the time. I reckon there's a part in all of us that thinks I need to make myself cleaner before God on the outside. Maybe you know someone who, who, who thinks that God likes them more than other people because they go to church and they do the right thing and they have the right opinion. Maybe you know someone who always talks about how other people are just always doing the wrong thing. Maybe you know someone who works so hard at being good that they are just exhausted because they're trying to be good as far as everyone is concerned. Maybe you know someone who is worried that deep down they haven't been good enough for God. It's not enough and they are terrified. Do you know someone like that? I know. I know that guy. Of course I know him. He's me. I've spent my whole life doing things to try and clean myself up on the outside, trying to say the right things and do the right things so that I look clean enough for God. But Jesus says it doesn't work. The uncleanness that cuts us off from God is on the inside. And there's no scrubbing brush that's long enough or detailed enough or strong enough to clean that, to fix that. So how do we get cleaned up on the inside? Well, there's someone else who met Jesus in this story, and we're going to learn from her. Jesus leaves this place where he's been talking to the Pharisees, and he leaves the entire land of the Israelites, the Jews, and he goes to these, this area where the, the cities of Tyre and Sidon are. He goes to the non-Jewish territory in that neck of the woods. Now, this is where a bunch of really unclean people live. For the Jewish people, there are lots of things that you can do to become unclean. Not washing your hands, for example, but the most unclean people in the world were anyone who's not Jewish, and that's where Jesus goes. There's a, a Canaanite woman 
in this place who sees Jesus and she must have heard about who Jesus was and what he'd be doing because she chases after him. Now, as far as the Jews were concerned, this woman in particular was as unclean as anyone can get. She's a Canaanite for a start, the ancient enemies of the Jews. But also her daughter is demon-possessed, which is really, really unclean. It's literally having one of Satan's friends inside of her. She is more than a hand wash away from being clean. But there's a difference about this woman from the Pharisees. Remember how the Pharisees spoke to Jesus? They said back in verse 3, why aren't your disciples washing their hands and being clean like us? Look at what this woman says to Jesus in verse 22. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. She knows Jesus is the King of the universe. She knows that she is unclean before God and that she does not deserve Jesus' help. She knows that there's nothing she can do to clean herself. And she knows that the only thing that can save her and her daughter is the mercy of Jesus. There's a strange moment in this story. Jesus doesn't answer her right away. In fact, he pretty well ignores her. Now, it, it seems like maybe this is a test to see how much she really wants his mercy. But I think what he's about to do, he does because he wants to show his very Jewish disciples something enormous. In verse 22, the woman calls out to Jesus, and Jesus doesn't answer. He treats her like a Jewish man was supposed to treat an unclean Canaanite woman. In verse 24, he says to his disciples, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. That's what you would expect a Jewish Messiah to say. In verse 25, the woman calls out to Jesus again, Lord, help me. And then in verse 26, Jesus says, it's, it's not right, he says this to her, it's, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Whew, that's a little bit, uh, that's before long. But this is how Jewish people thought about the Canaanites. This is how maybe the disciples thought about this woman. But then she says something amazing. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Do you hear what she's saying? She's saying, I know I'm nothing. I know that I'm no one. I know that I'm unclean. I know that I don't deserve to be part of your family. I know there's nothing I can do to clean myself on the outside, no matter how hard I scrub. But I'm coming to you anyway, because I know that you have mercy on people who are unclean. Jesus says to her, woman, you have great faith. And he heals her daughter like that. Jesus kicks out the demon who's living inside of her daughter. She couldn't wash that out. She couldn't scrub that off, but Jesus can. He is the one who can clean people on the inside. And she knew that he could. She knew that he would, even for her. It's almost like Jesus is saying to his disciples and to us, this is who I came for. This is who the lost sheep of Israel really are. 
This is what Ezekiel 34 was looking forward to when Ezekiel said that the shepherd would come and gather up his sheep and heal them, the ones that have been scattered to all the nations. The Pharisees, they think they can clean themselves up on the outside. But this woman knows that she needs Jesus to clean her up on the inside. And that's what he would do a little while later. Jesus would do the thing that would clean her and us from all of the uncleanness in our hearts. As he hung on the cross, he would take all of our filth, all of our guilt on himself, and he would wash us clean with his blood that had never been stained so that you can be washed in your heart. So what does that mean for you? Maybe you might be in a few different places. Maybe you've been around church circles for a very long time, but you're still focused on the externals. Maybe you are a bit focused on the image that you present when you come to church, when you meet with Christian people, you dress well, you talk about the things that you're praying for, you want to make sure that you've got something insightful or helpful to say in your growth group, but it's a performance. You could never bear talking about the doubts you have in your faith. You would never ask a question because that would show that maybe there was something you didn't know. You could never admit any of the struggles that you're having in life or in faith. Maybe slightly differently, maybe you are here today and often in church in body only. You come along, you hear something from the Bible, you think, oh, that was fine. And then you go home and you don't engage with Jesus. You don't listen to what he's said to you. You don't talk to him about what you need in your heart from him, the way that you need to be saved and changed and forgiven. Maybe for, for some of us who are raising kids, maybe we, maybe you, are raising them to look good on the outside, but losing focus on caring about what's happening in their hearts. Raising them to be polite and well-mannered and well-dressed and well-educated and hopefully well-paid one day and maybe even voting the way that you'd like them to. But all the while, we don't help them to see the one who can clean their hearts. We focus on the externals, the things that we do. And yes, the way that our kids live and behave is important. But they need to know Jesus, the one who forgives and loves them even as they fail and can grow them and change them. It's so easy for us, no matter where you might be in that spread, to lose sight of the fact that we can't clean ourselves by scrubbing on the outside, by going through the motions, by focusing on the externals. But Jesus can clean us, change us. Trust his mercy. Now, maybe you know what it feels like to be unclean. Maybe you are painfully aware of the things that you have done in your life, the things that have made you feel ashamed, the things that you know you are guilty of. 
Maybe you know what it feels like to have that guilt and uncleanness. There are those moments when, you know, when you're just really dirty, you know, maybe you've cleaned up some sick or you've had to clean up after a dog or you've done some messy work at home and depending on your particular temperament, whatever it is that you get on you, you know that feeling of needing to have this off you, needing to wash and get rid of that and every moment until that cleansing comes, it's uncomfortable. And the relief that comes from being able to be clean brings peace. How much bigger is the relief of being cleansed from everything that you are guilty of, from everything that haunts your consciousness, from every bit of dirt and stain that is in your heart. Jesus calls you so that you might be washed. Why don't we talk to him now? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, the one who gave his blood so that we might be washed clean. Father, we can see from what Jesus is saying that he knows us well. He knows our attempts to clean ourselves, to look clean before others, maybe even to fool ourselves into thinking that we can look clean before you. But he sees our hearts and he loves our hearts. Father, we pray that we might trust his mercy, that our hearts would be washed clean and that we would not be obsessed with maintaining the external performance, but that we might put our trust in Jesus to wash us clean and clean indeed. We ask this in his name. Amen.